What's up, everyone? Welcome to the How to Vegan podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Emily, and I'm super stoked that you're listening. If this is your very first time tuning in to the How to Vegan podcast, then what up? Welcome. And if you've listened before, then sweet. I'm so stoked you're back listening to more. In today's episode, we are going to be talking all about the top three reasons why people go vegan. There are so many reasons people go vegan. I mean, there are endless reasons to go vegan, but today we are going to be talking about the top three, the three biggest reasons that people go vegan and stay vegan. So just a heads up, today's episode is going to get a little bit heavy and a little bit real, and it might be a little bit longer than some of my other episodes, but it's all info that needs to be out there. It's of the utmost importance, and that's why I'm sharing this with you guys today, because I care about (laughs) y'all. So The first thing that I want to start with is health. I think a lot of people, especially with the new documentary, What the Health, that just came out, are going vegan for their health. People are starting to realize how healthy it really is and how unhealthy animal products actually are as well. So I'm going to start with health because that kind of right now, I think, is the main leading factor into veganism. So yeah, just going to kind of start with some some information about why, why you should go vegan for health reasons whether you're sick or healthy or wherever you are in your life, I'm going to talk about some things that might be eye-opening to you. They were for me definitely before I went vegan. Uh, If you listen to the last episode, episode number two, I talk about all about my vegan story. And I watched Forks Over Knives and some of this information blew my mind, like blew my mind. So I think that it's really important to be aware of these things and then make an educated decision for yourself. So same with all of this stuff, same with the health, same with the other reasons that we're going to talk about. Uh, Just make sure that you're taking this information and then doing your own research and coming to a conclusion that feels right for you. And that's what I've done. And I'm just trying to share some information with y'all. So Kind of starting with some health-related stuff. The number one killer in the United States is heart disease. Number one. In in fact, every 43 seconds-ish, somebody dies in the United States of a heart attack. Every 43 seconds. That's like more than one a minute, which is really, really, really sad. Especially because heart disease is really determined by what you're eating and your lifestyle choices. Um... So cancer comes in at number two as the top leading killer in the United States. So we've got heart disease and cancer. And these diseases are directly related, again, to what we eat and the kind of lifestyle choices we make. Genes can play a part, but very minimally. Lifestyle is huge, a huge, huge reason that these two diseases are so prominent, especially in the United States, especially since a lot of people eat the standard American diet. So if you haven't read the China study by T. Colin Campbell yet, then definitely go check it out. Go to your library, check out the China study and read through that, or at least read some like summaries of it online and look at some of the studies because it's, it's, it's amazing. The book examines the relationship between the consumption of animal products, including dairy and eggs, and chronic illnesses such as coronary heart disease, diabetes, breast cancer, prostate cancer, and bowel cancer. The study concludes that people who eat a whole food, plant-based vegan diet, it's the way to go, uh, avoiding all animal products, like all animal products, and reducing their intake of processed foods and refined carbohydrates, we'll talk more about that in another episode, uh, will escape, reduce, or reverse the development of numerous diseases. And really, only one way of eating has ever been proven to reverse heart disease in the majority of patients, and that is a diet centered around whole plant-based foods. A plant-based diet may also even help in averting and slowing certain cancers, like breast cancer, prostate cancer, 
cervical cancer, kidney cancer, colon cancer, like literally the list goes on and on and on. Every, you know, even two weeks on a plant-based diet can uh, appear to dramatically improve cancer defenses and can start to make some shifts in your body. So it's not like you have to be doing this for years. Like These shifts can happen really, really quickly. So, you know, I think a lot of people now are becoming aware that like red meat, meat in general is not the best for you. Uh, But a lot of people still are kind of stuck like, well, what about eggs? What about dairy? We'll definitely be talking more about this stuff in depth in future episodes, but I just want to touch on a lot of this stuff in this episode just to kind of get some, some ideas rolling in your head and maybe get you wanting to do some more research of your own, like I said. So essentially eggs, we'll start with kind of eggs and how really they're not that great for you. A lot of people are like, oh, they're such a good source of protein, but it's concentrated animal protein, which is not amazing for your body at all. It's really hard for your body to process. It it just causes a lot of inflammation. And I mean, that egg, that protein in that egg is meant to grow to a full-size chick. And you're putting that into your body and it's just not the kind of protein that your body likes most. It's, it's just not it's not efficient for your body to use. And it just doesn't, it does, your body does not do well with it. It causes a lot of inflammation. It's just really, really bad for you. And then, and then that's just the white, which a lot of people are like, oh, that's the healthiest part, but it's such a concentrated source of animal protein. And it is just so bad for your body, let alone the yolk, which is just full of cholesterol. So, you know, they're just, it's just this this whole thing of just not good stuff for you. Uh, but we've been trained, uh, usually by advertisers connected with the government, to think that eggs are great for you. So again, I'm going to talk more about this in another episode. We'll dive all into eggs and stuff. But just kind of touching on it a little bit, do some research on it because they really are not good for you, <laughs> especially if you're eating large portions of them. Um, so yeah, do some research on eggs if you're still kind of wondering more and wanting to know more. I'm also going to put some really great resource links down in the uh, description below. So make sure you check those out if you're wanting more information on this kind of stuff. So again, eggs, not good for you. Animal protein, not good for you. Milk, cheese, that stuff is extremely addictive. It has opiate-like chemicals in it, so it can be really hard to get out of your system and to stop craving. Uh, But it's, again, really bad for your body. If you watch Forks Over Knives or What the Health, you can see they do studies where it's eating eating um, casein, which is the protein in in dairy, uh, actually turns on cancer cells when you eat it. And then if you stop eating it, it can actually turn off these like cancer causing cells. So it's just not good for your body. It can cause a lot of mucus and asthma and dairy is just, again, we are not baby cows. We are not supposed to be drinking the milk from another animal. No other species does that. That milk is meant to grow a baby calf into this huge, enormous, like 2,500 pound animal. And that's not what humans are designed for. We don't need that much protein. We're not trying to grow that big. So it's really just not great for your body. It causes a lot of issues uh, that, you know, that we can prevent by not eating these things. It can be really that simple. So animal products are also just really bad for your blood cholesterol levels. High blood cholesterol levels can lead to heart disease or stroke, which is another leading killer in the United States. But plant-based foods are high in fiber, which is linked to lower cholesterol levels in the blood. So yeah, there is some saturated fat in plant-based foods, but there is no cholesterol in plant-based foods. You can only find cholesterol in animal foods. Your body makes the cholesterol you need. You don't need to be getting it from another source. It's really bad for your body. So even just that, switching to plant-based diet, you just lower your cholesterol right there. Uh, 
Studies consistently show that when people go plant-based, their blood cholesterol levels drop by up to 35%. In many cases, the decrease is equal to that seen with drug therapy, with many positive side effects, not all these shitty or horrible side effects that you can find when you're taking prescription drugs. Many positive side effects, you know, your skin clears up, uh, you feel more energized. There's so many side effects to eating a plant-based diet, so positive side effects and you can really lower your blood cholesterol. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, So like I said, plant foods are very low in saturated fat and have zero cholesterol. They also don't really have uh, like animal foods, which is kind of gross if you think about it. They don't have any hormones that are added, any estrogen, any antibiotics, any of that stuff that's added to the food. Uh, You know, animals living in crowded conditions have to take antibiotics or else they're going to get sick. And guess who's eating that when they're consuming the meat from these animals? Meat as in dead flesh of the animals. But Anyway, you're consuming that. So same with the estrogen and same with the hormones and all of this stuff that these animals have running throughout their blood, especially stress hormones. You're eating that. That is being consumed by the humans who eat that food. Quotation marks around food. Um, So another huge issue in the United States is diabetes. And if you, you know, it's just another leading cause of death that is preventable by lifestyle and diet change. So you'll dramatically reduce your chances of getting type 2 diabetes if you switch to a plant-based diet. An estimated 38% of Americans have prediabetes, which is a precursor to type 2 diabetes. Animal protein, especially red uh, and processed meat, processed is no bueno, no matter what, uh, has been shown to increase the risk of type 2 diabetes, especially if you're eating a whole foods, plant-based diet, high in whole grains. So if you're, if you're eating that stuff, you can decrease, I think I said increase, oh, red meat and processed foods increase. But if you're eating a whole foods, plant-based diet, especially rich in whole grains, yes, carbs can prevent you from getting diabetes. You can actually reduce your risk of, of getting this horrible, horrible disease that is just full of shitty side effects. So try going plant-based and you never know. There's all these amazing side effects. <laughs> another thing, and we're going to be talking to this again in another future ish episode, issue <laughs> episode, is, you know, will I get enough protein, iron, calcium, other crucial vitamins and minerals? 100% yes. I think episode number five, I'm going to dive into getting enough nutrients as a vegan and really how simple it is and they're, you know, and how if it's well planned out, even a little bit planned out, you're probably doing pretty good. So a lot of these things are myths we've been fed by the advertisement companies is that we need we need meat to get protein. We need uh, dairy to have calcium. And it's actually just not true. How do you think the animals get their protein and their calcium? From the plants they're eating. <laughs> so you you want to be getting the right kind of protein, the right kind of calcium. And, and again, you can get that by eating plants and without all the other icky side effects. So there's there really is no need to track your protein intake or take protein supplements with plant-based diets. If you're eating enough calories to meet your needs, then you are probably 100% most likely getting plenty of protein. But there are ways to track it. And we'll talk about that again in future episodes. So yeah, I mean, not only is it a super satisfying way to eat, but the benefits are seemingly endless too. Some of the benefits of a plant-based diet are that it improves body weight, blood sugar levels get improved, it can prevent Alzheimer's disease, reduce allergy problems, improve sexual problems, cure acne, prevent Crohn's disease, ease menstrual pain, prevent and treat kidney stones, treat asthma, improves digestion, increases energy, improves your sleep, also improves emotional states, including depression, anxiety, fatigue, and sense of well-being. There are 
so many health benefits for going vegan that it's just really too hard to ignore. So even if you're having any of those issues and you switch to a plant-based diet, then you're then all of these other issues can start to, you know, to improve as well. Even if you're unaware that you're not sleeping the best or you don't have the, the most amazing energy, there's so many positive benefits to switching to this kind of a diet or lifestyle. So if that's all a whole food plant-based diet could do was reverse our number one killer heart disease, shouldn't that just be the default diet until proven otherwise? Especially because there's no horrible side effects. So the number one killer in the United States, we can reduce that or prevent that drastically by switching to a plant-based diet. If that was a pill, people would pay so much money for it. But because it's not a pharmaceutical company selling a pill and it's just eating plant-based foods, the government doesn't really want to subsidize it. A plant-based diet can even be more effective than medication and surgery. Uh, But medical training continues to underemphasize nutrition education. And this is so sad. I I think I read somewhere that like 25% of all all students who get like a um, medical degree have taken one class in nutrition. And it's usually like one class. Uh, And that's only 25%. 75% don't even take any classes on nutrition, which is so sad and really upsetting. So keep that in mind when you're talking to your doctor that they probably didn't learn any of this stuff in school. And it's probably all new to them, or it seems so foreign, and that's not what they were taught, and they're trying to stick to their ways. So many people still think that pills and surgery are the only way to cure their diseases. But... What if we focused on preventing them instead of curing them after they've harmed our bodies? Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, so if you want for more information on these health benefits of a plant-based diet and a vegan lifestyle, then I would definitely check out what the health on Netflix, watch forks over knives and just start doing some research of your own. I mean, I tried to touch on a little bit here and there throughout all of this stuff I just talked about, but check the links in this episode's show notes and just start diving in and doing education for yourself because you never know whose life you could save, whether it's your own or you share this information with somebody else who's suffering through these kinds of diseases. So I would highly recommend just checking some stuff out because you can make such a big difference in your health by switching what you eat. So health is kind of the number one reason I think a lot of people are starting to go vegan. But the number two reason that I, as of now that I'm kind of feeling like people are being more open to and aware of is environmental reasons. And really, I mean, one of the most effective things you can do to lower your carbon footprint is to avoid all animal products. And you know, I hear all the time people wanting to be better for the environment and I care so much about the environment and all this stuff. And I just want to shake them and be like, then you are you vegan? If not, then like, I don't understand. <laughs> it's the single most beneficial thing you could do. Raising animals for food produces more greenhouse gas emissions than all of the cars, planes, and other forms of transportation combined. Combined. Switching to a diet free of meat, dairy, and eggs saves more carbon emissions than driving a Prius. All those people out there with their Prius, like, I'm doing so good. Like, switch to a vegan diet and you'll be doing so much better. So how much more, how much more carbon emission does it save? Uh, 50% more. That's a shit ton more. So if you have a Prius and you're like, oh, I'm doing, doing this amazing stuff for the environment, I really care, consider eating a plant-based diet. You can make a huge difference that way. The production of meat, dairy, eggs, etc., places such a heavy burden on the environment. Think of all the crops and water required to feed the animals that we eat for no reason. Again, they're just making us sick, so it's just kind of a vicious, horrible cycle. To make one pound of beef, one pound of beef, it takes almost 2,000 gallons of water. 
2,000, imagine how much that is for one pound of beef, 2,000 gallons. And to make one pound of tofu, it takes around 300 gallons. So still a decent amount of water, but so much less than one pound of beef. And that beef is making you sick. <laughs> so it kind of just doesn't really make sense once you start kind of adding it all up in your head. You're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So as far as the water usage, I mean, they they have to, they have the animals have to drink. A lot of times they're really dirty, really filthy. So they spray the animals areas down to get rid of their feces, all of that stuff. The the water used to feed the crops um, that they use to feed the animals, all of that stuff. So much water is being used um, to create this food for us to eat when there's really no reason for us to have this middleman in there. Uh, a lot of the water that is used to clean the animals and a lot of the runoff of their feces just sits in huge ponds near these facilities where this poop water, it's gross, it really is. Like if you ever look at aerials, you will see it's like just giant ponds of like poop water. Uh, they just, it just evaporates or a lot of times it's like run through spr sprinkler systems and used to like fertilize crops nearby. But guess what happens? It evaporates, especially when it's hot out. And a lot of it, a lot of this evaporation in the air can cause health problems for the people that live nearby. And oftentimes the communities that live nearby have a high level of low income families as well as as more people of color. So this becomes a social justice issue as well. And we will definitely be talking more about intersectionality uh, and more about, you know, kind of the social justice aspect in future episodes for sure, because it's extremely important. But just be aware that veganism is political. Even if you don't feel like it is, it is political. What you eat makes a huge difference, a huge difference. You're voting with your fork. Remember that every time you eat, you are voting with your fork. So choose wisely. Be smart about it. So even just talking about the amount of food and the amount of grain required in meat production alone is a huge contributor to deforestation, habitat loss, species extinction, the loss of biodiversity. Um, so it's just no bueno. It's not good at all. Uh, in the United States, 70% of the grain grown is fed to farmed animals. 70%. Think of how many people we could feed with that food. And nearly 80% of land deforested in the Amazon is now used as cattle pasture. So they're bulldozing down the Amazon and they're using it for cattle pasture so that we can get sick off of this animal meat for no reason. It really bums me out. If you can't tell, it like kind of frustrates me a little bit. Uh, in Brazil alone, the equivalent of 5.6 million acres of land is used to grow soybeans for animals in Europe. So think of the transportation, not only that 5.6 million acres of land in Brazil, but then they're transporting it to Europe for animals there to eat it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's super upsetting <laughs> once you start realizing it. So raising animals for food, including the land used for grazing and growing the feed crops, now uses around, and I've seen higher numbers than this, a staggering 30% of the Earth's land mass. 30 fucking percent. That's bad news. Like, seriously, this is not good at all. Um, and just being aware of this stuff, I mean, you can start to make decisions. Even if you don't go vegan fully right away, just cutting back and being aware of this stuff and being able to spread this information is just so powerful. Education and knowledge is so powerful. So that's why I'm sharing this stuff with you guys. I'm not trying to scare you into making you feel like life is just going down this spiral tube to hell. But literally, there's stuff we can do to fix this. And if it's important to you like it's important to me, then this is a very simple, effective way to do so. So on the other hand, considerably lower quantities of crops and water are required to sustain a vegan diet, making the switch to veganism one of the easiest, most enjoyable, 
and most effective ways to reduce our impact on the environment. We don't have to wait to build wind farms. We don't have to wait for our legislatures to make decisions. We can immediately cut down or eliminate animal products and make a huge difference. It's like huge difference, you guys. This isn't just a small thing. This We can be making a huge difference. And really, most people don't make that connection. I mean, I didn't. I didn't until somebody told me and I watched a movie about it. So bottom line, the effects of an animal-based diet creates a vicious cycle. Livestock contribute significantly to the release of gases that hasten global warming while simultaneously making our environment so much more vulnerable to the effects of climate change. The livestock industry deprives the planet of water and space while making it impossible to accommodate the expected population growth in the coming decades. So again, if you care about the environment and you are anti-climate change and you want to do something then consider eating more plants and less animals. It can really, really, really make such a difference. And then guess what? Your body's happier about it too. And then guess what? The animals are even happier about it, which leads us into the third reason why people go vegan. And whether or not this is the reason they go vegan, this is why a lot of people stay vegan. I think a lot, it's really easy like, oh, I'm going to go vegan for my health or I'm going to go vegan for the environment. But when you don't have something super important to you that's kind of holding you there, it can be easy to kind of go back to however you were doing things before. But once you learn about the awful awful things that are happening to animals in these factory farms for, again, no reason for us to be getting sick, for the environment to be getting sick and the planet to be weakening and just not be doing well. On top of all of the stuff that happens to animals, it's just really hard to ignore these kinds of facts. Uh, And again, I'm going to be linking some some good information in the show notes. So check those out if you're wanting more information on any of this stuff. Um, But just a little heads up, this This is the reason I went vegan. I went vegan for the animals. I have always been a huge animal lover. And as soon as I found out what was happening to these animals, I was like, I can't do this anymore. So as I'm talking through some of this stuff, uh, I might get a little bit emotional. This stuff is really, it really, really affects me negatively. um, And and I might get a little emotional while talking about some of this stuff. But I'm going to talk about it anyway, because I think it's really, really important. So yeah, let's just start talking about some reasons why you should go vegan for the animals. I don't know really how else to start it other than that because this is some pretty heavy stuff uh, and, and what happens in these factory farms is not okay. So I'm not the only one. Many people believe that all sentient creatures have a right to life and freedom. So my friend Sarah, like I talked about in the last episode, introduced me to vegetarianism. She went vegetarian for the environment and she's now totally vegan for the environment. I mean, that's her main reason. But I couldn't help but wonder, like, what was happening to these animals I was eating? So I started doing a little research and what I found out was absolutely horrifying, you guys, like horrifying. And if you're wanting to kind of see for yourself you probably don't, but there's a movie on Netflix called Earthlings. Uh, I would highly recommend if if you're having problems convincing any of your friends and family to go vegan and you're just really wanting to share this kind of information, or if you're needing some sort of solid reason to go vegan, go watch Earthlings because it is pretty much just constant footage from factory farms of animals being tortured and being abused and being killed in really horrible ways. So each year, on today's factory farms each year, over 8 billion, with a B, 8 billion animals are confined in windowless sheds, tiny barren crates, and filthy wire cages. The vast majority of these animals are mutilated without painkillers, they're often denied any kind of veterinary care, and they're ultimately slaughtered. Again, for no reason. To make us sick, 
and to make the planet even sicker. These types of farming practices are so cruel that many animals, especially pigs, because they're so damn smart, like they're smarter than your dog, go mad from utter lack of stimulation. So really, hour after hour, day after day, they don't have anything to do. So they'll bite the bars of their cages, they'll bang their heads on their walls of their cages, and they pretty much just like start to go crazy. Whether they're in a cage or an enclosure, they're just, they're. it's not how a human or an animal or any being is supposed to live in confinement like that. It's just not good. So they start to, to, to just kind of lose it. The conditions are so, so horrible. It breaks my heart to think of living a life like that. Um, but to be honest, the dairy industry is far worse than the meat industry. And I had absolutely no idea until I did some research of my own. Like I had no idea. I thought I was like, oh, I'm going vegetarian. I am doing such a good thing. But it, actually the opposite would be better. If people were to stop eating dairy and to keep eating meat, if they cared about if they were going if they were doing it for like the animals then going the other way cutting out dairy would actually be more helpful it's it's really that bad that this is why i went vegan once i figured out once i learned what happened to dairy cows i was like oh shit no I'm not contributing to that. I'm done. And I've just been done ever since because anytime I thought about eating a piece of cheese or something like that, I thought about what was happening to these animals. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm just not. It's not worth it. My taste buds aren't worth it. Dairy cows live absolutely miserable lives. Like all mammals, cows produce milk for their babies. So in order to keep producing their milk, they have to be artificially and repeatedly impregnated. They're kept in tiny stalls and they have hardly any room to move around. And after about four years, they are sold to slaughter. So they have to be pregnant all the time or else you're not producing milk. So they artificially impregnate them and they're just their quality of life is just not all that's all they're made to do is just create milk for human beings who aren't even really supposed to be drinking their milk. Really, they're not at all. Um. And then very unfortunate if you're born a male cow in the dairy industry because you are dragged away from your mother and you're sold for veal. And on a veal farm, baby calves are chained by their necks. This part makes me kind of emotional. Um, They're chained by their necks in a tiny crate, barely larger than their body, because if they move around at all, the meat starts to get tough and people don't like tough veal. So they can't move so that their muscles stay nice and soft. Um... (sighs) Sorry, this makes me super emotional. Um, So they're chained by their necks in a tiny crate barely larger than their body before being sent to slaughter at only 16 weeks old. 16 weeks old. So what kind of a life is that? You get dragged away from your mother immediately after you're born. You never get to taste any of her milk or be comforted by her. And then you're kept in a teeny little cage. And then 16 weeks later, you're slaughtered. It's awful. Could you imagine giving birth as a woman, if you're a woman listening to this, could you imagine giving birth and then minutes later having your baby ripped away from you? I mean, literally put yourself in that position right now. Imagine having a baby and then a minute after you have your baby, they come take it away. You never get to see your baby again. You never get to feed your baby again. The milk you're producing goes towards another species that doesn't even need your milk. It actually makes them sick. It just doesn't make any sense. And it's so horrible, especially as a feminist. If you're, you know, in the feminist movement at all, this resonates with me. You know, taking a baby away from its mother is not okay. No matter if you're a human or an animal, it's just not okay. So, the dairy industry is really, really bad. But what about eggs? You know, a lot of people are like, what about eggs? They're totally fine. You know, But if you do some research, you will find out that the life of chickens on egg farms are completely awful. They're crammed into barren wire cages where each bird gets less space than an iPad 
to live her entire life. Like, imagine that. You cannot move. You can't spread your wings. Um, so again, they're, yeah, they're unable to spread their wings. They're unable to walk or forage for food like they're meant to do. And when they're just babies, they have their beaks seared off with a hot blade so that they can't peck each other and, and harm each other. So they just sear it off with a hot blade. They definitely don't use any like numbing agents because why would you do that to an animal you're just going to torture and kill anyway? So this is an extremely painful procedure. And many chickens often die of starvation because it's just too excruciating to even eat. So a lot of them don't even get past this point because they have their beak seared off. So they can't, they can't, they can't even eat. And and then because of these growth hormones that we feed the chickens and how fast we want them to grow and how big we want them to be so we get more meat out of them, many of them are crippled because of this unnatural weight gain. Like just crippled. I mean, if you look at any pictures or videos, their legs are broken and their bodies look huge compared to their legs and they just look sick. They do not look healthy. And then we're eating that. And if you're born a male chick, again, kind of fucked, which is kind of, it's just sad. It's really sad what happens to male chicks. So again, you're born a male chick in a, in a, you know, egg laying factory farm. There's no need for you at all. It's not worth it to like ship you away to go to another farm. They already, for, for like meat production, they already have that going on. So guess what they do? The males never even have a chance because they don't lay eggs. They are killed like pretty immediately after hatching. Uh, some are ground alive. I've actually seen video of this happening. They literally just dump them by the bagful into this grinding machine, just ground up alive. Or they are uh, suffocated in bags. I've seen videos where they are literally just put out in trash bags out by the garbage and they just are alive and they're left there to suffocate or they're gassed, which is kind of like the better option, which is really still fucking shitty to be gassed alive as a baby male chick because you can't lay eggs. It's really bad. So even ethical or free range eggs involve the killing of the unnecessary male chicks when they're just a day old. So even if you're buying ethical or free range, they still have to kill those male chicks because they don't, it's, they're doing no benefit. And cage free and hen um, or cage free and free range hens are usually crammed in overcrowded sheds. They're still debeaked and they're all killed once their egg productions decline, which is not that long after. So even if it says cage free, free range, they're usually still not in great conditions at all. Well, what about backyard eggs? And this is a topic that can be debated um, as far as the ethical side of it goes. Uh, but I'm just not about to put something that unhealthy into my body, and that's my choice after doing all of this research. Uh, there are so many other options as far as food goes that I don't even need to consider eating a backyard egg. And at this point, after being vegan for six years, I just don't really want it. Um, and there's lots of stuff where, you know, if you do your research, and I'll do another episode on eggs, um, a lot of people just say that 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 we're not supposed to be taking these eggs from these animals, that it's not our place to do so. And that's where a lot of vegans kind of stand on a lot of these ethical issues is that they don't want to take anything from another animal for no reason. For no reason is the main thing. There's so many other options. I mean, the plant variety of plant foods is enormous. So yeah, backyard eggs is a topic that can be debated as, debated as far as the ethics side of it goes, but they're just extremely unhealthy for you. So um, I'll do an episode on that though, for sure, because I think a lot of people have questions about that and I should dive in deeper. So, well, what about fish? Do vegans eat fish? Do fish feel pain? No, vegans do not eat fish. And yes, fish feel pain. They have central nervous systems. Plants do not have central nervous systems, but fish have central nervous systems and they react quite obviously to play, to pain and pleasure like, like mammals do. And 
It's commercial fishing boats cruelly catch billions, yes, billions of fish each year. So they're catching billions of fish because they're a smaller animal. So, you know, you eat a decent amount of it when you're eating it. Uh, and fish are not the only victims of industrialized fishing. Dolphins, turtles, and other marine wildlife become ensnared in mile-long nets. So they literally just like drag nets along the, the ocean. And I mean, you can't just be like, oh, this is a tuna net. We'll only catch tuna. Whatever becomes ensnared in there becomes ensnared in there. And a lot of times they get dragged away from their area dragged up to the surface and are just killed. So it's really, really bad for the the sea environment as well. And most of the fish you eat, especially out at a restaurant, isn't even wild fish anyway. And those fish are raised in overcrowded, super dirty and disease ridden factory farms. So the sad truth really is that all living creatures, even those labeled free range or organic, fear death. Just like we do, you know, even if we were free range or organic and someone comes to kill us so that we can be fed to somebody else, it doesn't even matter why we're being killed. It's scary. That fear is real and animals, you can tell, are afraid of that stuff too. They don't want to die. No matter how they're treated when they're alive, they all experience the same fear when it comes to slaughter. And then we eat that fear in the form of stress hormones when we eat the dead flesh of these animals. So, Again, their deaths are always the same. They're always violent, they're bloody, and completely unnecessary. The unnecessary part is the part that gets me. It's so unnecessary to be doing these things. Once you start to realize and and make the connection that your choice has a victim, it's not just like, oh, I'm choosing to eat this and it doesn't really affect anything else. Like Your choice has a direct victim. You really need to begin to ask yourself if your taste buds are more important than that victim. So so kind of in conclusion, you know, now that we've touched on on all of these reasons why people go and stay vegan, all of the health reasons, all of the environmental reasons, all of the ethical reasons, you know, it's hard to ignore all of this stuff. And especially if you care about one of those things and then those other things are just added benefits, it's just, it's hard to ignore and it's hard to push to the side and to just turn, a, a, you know, it's hard to turn away from it. So really, if it's now possible to live a life that involves delicious, delicious, like absolutely delicious. And if you guys need vegan recipes, head to my website, go check out my YouTube channel. I have a shit ton of awesome recipes there, but it is absolutely delicious. The food that is available on a vegan diet. Do some research. You will have your mind blown. Um, But it's delicious. It delivers better health and it leaves a smaller carbon footprint and it avoids killing other creatures. Then why don't we do this? Why aren't more people doing it? More people are going vegan. This is spreading super quickly. So I'm not saying that people are not becoming aware they are. I'm just trying to help people understand how to do it in a very practical and effective and sustainable way. So that's why I kind of wanted to do this longer podcast episode, kind of diving into all of these reasons so that if you're wondering and want a concise format for all of these things this is it for you. So share this podcast episode with people that you think might benefit from it. Share it with your friends and family if you're already vegan. Uh, let's get this information out there. Watch these movies with them. You know, take it a step further. Be Take action where you can. This is my way of taking action. Find a way for you to take action. Um, and again, I will leave recommended documentary links in the show notes for this episode um, for sure. So check those out 100% because don't take my word for it. Do your own research highly recommend always doing your own research and coming to your own conclusions. 
So thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you guys are liking what you're hearing, then please head on over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating. That would be super awesome. It really helps kind of push the podcast up. It helps more people see it, spread that vegan message, which is the ultimate goal, trying to spread that vegan love as far and wide as possible. So go do that for sure. Uh, If you have not checked out the How to Vegan podcast YouTube channel yet, then go check that out because all of these unedited versions of these podcasts are up on the channel. So lots of ums and ahs and me talking to my cat and things like that. So if you want an unedited version and you prefer video, go check out the How to Vegan uh, podcast YouTube channel because those will all be there for you to watch for your entertainment. Uh, So yeah, share this podcast with your friends and family. Find me on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. I'll have links for all that in the show notes. Uh, Yeah, thanks again for listening. I hope that this was helpful for you guys. I hope this was some information that, you know, you can use and helps share this and spread this information however you'd like because it is obviously, clearly, extremely, extremely important. So thanks again for listening to this longer episode. You guys are all awesome. I will catch you in the next episode. Peace out.